Hey everyone, this is Norm Ferrar, AKA The Beard Guy here, and welcome to another Lunch with Norm, the e-commerce and Amazon FBA podcast. In this episode, we're gonna be talking about product, Amazon product op optimization tips to maximize your products. Ways sellers can maximize prof profitability. The biggest mistakes you see Amazon sellers making with uh, product optimization and advice for sellers who are looking to make it big in 2023. So welcome to another Lunch with Norm, the e-commerce and Amazon FBA podcast. All right. If I, I think this is going to be one of the best podcasts of the uh, year, best episodes of the year. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about Amazon product optimization tips to maximize profits, but it's all about our guest. He's a returning guest, awesome guy. Uh, he is an Amazon seller and a consultant, a leading expert in Amazon private label and Amazon SEO. His brand has sold $25 million just in 2022. He's a coach who provides himself, uh, who prides himself in practicing with uh, what he teaches. His strengths lie in his in-depth knowledge of Amazon's ranking algorithm and the ability to create data-based processes which improve the success rates and profitability of FBA businesses. My buddy, can't wait to talk to him. Brandon Young will be joining us shortly, but first a word from our sponsor. A big thank you to our sponsor, Post Purchase Pro, the only complete A to Z done for you real email and text marketing service built specifically for Amazon sellers. My friends, Sean Hart and Seth Stevens co-founded Post Purchase Pro after launching over a thousand successful private labeled products, growing 53 brands and get this, exiting 17 businesses. Post Purchase Pro creates all of your digital assets 100% for you from marketing inserts, complete sales funnels, email follow-up sequences, and weekly email promotions. They manage and optimize everything for you to drive more sales, get higher ranking, and receive more reviews on Amazon. So check out Post Purchase Pro now to see if you too will see enormous growth like their nearly 500 clients worldwide. That's Post Purchase Pro at postpurchasepro.com slash lunch. All right. Where is the son of a beardo? That's me. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Lunch with Norm. I can see we already have a lot of viewers joining us already, so it's great to see everyone. And uh, good to see you, Norm. How are you doing? Are you feeling better? Are you just saying that? No, no, no. I'm, I, I'm, you are usually you are very sarcastic with that. No, I would never do that. <laughs> I'm feeling better, but I might get the odd cough, like one's coming on right now. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for joining. Um, this is Lunch with Norm. We uh, are go live every Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern time. This is a completely live podcast. So if you have questions, comments for Norm or Brandon, uh, you can put them over to the comment sections and uh, we'll answer them. Usually the second half of the show is where the Q&A starts. So uh, I do recommend just throwing in your questions now just so that we have them and that they're uh, good to go. We but have a great anyways, giveaway today too, by the way. Yeah, I, I was just going to mention we have a giveaway. We're going to be letting you know the details in just a little bit, but 
stick around and you'll learn about that. And I just want to give a shout out to a couple of the Beardos joining us. Uh, Coolhand99, Simon, and we have a Facebook user. Good to see everyone. Uh, and also don't forget to smash those like buttons. We'll get this started. If, uh, if you're excited about the episode, give us those thumbs up. Also, don't forget to join the Facebook group. Uh, it's Lunch with Norm, Amazon FBA, and E-Commerce Collective. All that information is in the description, so you can check that out. But uh, I think that's it. Yeah, and by the way, I can see that we have a lot of people uh, listening right now. So don't be shy. Engage. Uh, these are part of the... We know Simon. We know uh, Luke. We know all these guys. Engage. If you're, if you're not engaging, you're not learning. So uh, we're happy to answer any questions, or uh, if you have any comments, just if you agree, if you disagree, if you're just neutral, we just want to hear what you have to say. It makes everything that much better in our community. Okay, so I think that's it, right, Kels? You're going to agree it. with me? Good. That's right. Perfect. All right. So like I said, questions, comments, throw them over in the comments section. We are ready. Sit back, relax, enjoy this episode. Oh, yeah, grab that cup of coffee. And welcome, Mr. Brandon. Good to see you, Norm. How you doing? I'm doing great. How about you? Uh, fantastic. I am home, so my quality of my audio and my video is not going to be as good as usual. So I apologize in advance. I just thought you were an anime today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this virtual background doesn't work too good without a green screen on this, uh, <laughs> this software, but... Uh, I'm glad that uh, it, it's something, and uh, I should be in a new office soon. I just got done moving warehouses, closed my warehouse, as a matter of fact, because it was just uh, not worth the time and effort to run it. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. It's I, very interesting. Like, we went through a progression where it was like, oh, having our own warehouse saves us money per container we send to ourselves, and then COVID happened. And uh, that went out the window because rates went through the roof to send it to the East Coast versus the West Coast. So we lost all the savings. And then we were just using it for recalls, uh, returns, and like seasonal products that we would that we would store for the for the year. I did the math on it and I'm like, man, for the units that we're sending to ourselves, we could easily send it to a 3PL for slightly higher per unit. And we're going to save money every month and I don't have to go to the warehouse and manage anyone. And I can, I don't need to drive there every day, which was yeah. like a five minute drive each way. So just the ROI on our time with all the other things we're doing just isn't worth it. <laughs> well, at least you learned now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, it seemed like a good idea at the time, but two years later, um, um, you know, it killed me to move it too, because there were so many loose units. I'm not exactly like 60 hours over the course of uh, four days, just, um, you know, work, working in there, palletizing, wrapping. I only had help of a few guys and it's just, uh, I broke my back, didn't do anything, but I'm glad to be out of it. So I'm, I'm rested now and ready, ready to, to talk to everyone. Oh, that's, that's awesome because you are one of the most knowledgeable guys in the space. And um, I'm not just saying that, like just, Every time I talk to you, I learn something. Uh, I listen. Like you're one of the speakers that, when you're talking on stage, you're always pulling out something new, and you know I write it down. Uh, you know, so I've learned a lot from you. And um, anyways, and I from you as well. <laughs> well, thank you. But uh, anyways, I think this. If any of the listeners are listening, and you've got people 
who you want to help on Amazon, get them to listen to this podcast today. Because what Brandon's going to be delivering is going to be something that everybody will be able. Oh, look at you, you've got a buddy that just joined. Daniel's a good guy. We went, uh, we went, we went out on a boat recently. It was pretty fun. He doesn't invite out. me out on his boat, but Daniel. Okay, so get this. For, just, just to, so listeners, you got to hear this. Talk about branding, right? Whenever I see Daniel, and I'll be seeing him in a few weeks, but uh, he's the only guy. Oh, well, there's only very few companies that do this that have people actually tattooing their logo, his logo, on their body. Like that's brand loyalty. <laughs> that is on a different level for sure. Uh, but looking uh, forward to getting back out there because he's he's down in the Keys, like an hour south of me, and uh, we got to hang out again. It's uh, perfect weather to do that. Okay, so let's get into this. We started to talk about right off the top Amazon product optimization tips to maximize products. Where do you want to start? Yeah, I think that. Um, this is such a broad topic and obviously yeah. we can speak for hours about it, but I think that um, the first couple tips I'll give is going to be around content. And then uh, what I want to do is go into how to evaluate the competition, the content. So from a content perspective, I think the biggest mistake people make is that they're not testing enough content. They're not trying enough main images. They're not testing the content before it gets to um, their product gets to Amazon and goes live. So I don't know if you're uh, if you're affiliated with PicFu or any of the other guys that do the t image testing with audiences. That's a mandatory thing to do, in my opinion, because it's going to be the difference between um, a half a point click through rate and a couple points on the the conversion rate. That's going to make all the difference in the world in, in during your launch for um, having Amazon determine where they should place you during your honeymoon and after your honeymoon. So um, from an optimization standpoint, I like to spend a lot of time with uh, in that first week having several main images ready to go to test. And what we do is we create a, a main image matrix where it has all of these different possible images you can create. So you might have um, a person or a model with your product. You might have just the product. Um, you might have the product and then the parts in the product in front of it. You might have the packaging with the product. Uh, you might have, um, you know, just uh, any combination of many different elements in the main image that you can put together uh, to test against your competition. What I see to work really, really well for most categories is to have a product packaging in there that may not even be your true packaging. But you can put different messaging on that packaging that's readable to the viewer around like a selling point, a feature, or the fact that you have multiple colors so that you can increase that click-through rate. That main image is going to be the reason a lot of times that people click into your product because it looks attractive and the offer looks great. Then once they're there, then you need to sell them on the rest of the points, those other images and, and that other content around it. So that's from a visual standpoint. The content that is most important, more important than even the visual content, is going to be around the written content. And this is a mistake that I see a lot of sellers make, is that they don't do the proper keyword research in advance so they know which uh, keywords to prioritize and where in their listing. 
And I see the old strategy of mash as many keywords or root words together in the title and let Amazon piece it together for you to create these keywords in this broad form. And then that way you can try to get credit for as many root words as possible. A root word might be like a single word that's repeated many times and many keywords that you that drive sales. The reality is that Amazon's algorithm values exact match more than anything. They'll give you the most ranking potential and they give it the most uh, relevancy. So relevancy to us means that Amazon's algorithm knows exactly what you're selling and will allow it to rank to the top of page one. And so I've got some examples I can show very quickly. I just did a, a case study on this where you've got major brands that did not do the, uh, the keyword research in advance on Amazon because maybe it was run by an Amazon uh, rep. Uh, and what ends up happening is you end up with these holes in the indexing where Amazon doesn't push the rank above a certain uh, position because of uh, the uh, they don't know it's relevant. They think it might be relevant, but that might be relevant isn't good enough. It's good enough to get to the middle, to basically the bottom of page one in that 25 to 35 range. But if you're blocked in that 25 to 35 range on a, on a keyword and all of your other keywords are in the top 10 and performing well, I can tell you that once you go through the list of keywords that drive sales, you'll see a pattern that is going to uh, end up being very obvious that there's a commonality there. And this might get a little small for people who are um, who are in on mobile, but let me see if I can pull this up really, really quickly. Okay, and don't forget, Brandon, uh, if you can, uh, just describe it because a lot of people will be listening on podcasts. Okay, okay, okay. This is actually pulling up in the Sheets version, which I didn't want, but um, let me see if I can just do this. All right, let's see. here. Okay, this is a good example. And so let me go back to StreamYard. Let me share really quickly. Kelsey, start playing the Jeopardy music. <laughs> All right, let me know if you can All see. All right, here we go. Let me know if you can see it. I can see it. Okay, wonderful. So what we're seeing is a, a what we call a master keyword list. You're familiar with this, Norm. Yeah. Um, and it shows all of the best sellers of this garlic press, the famous garlic press across the top. And it shows all the keywords that we found are relevant for this product based on our formulations. We have 68 keywords here after we've removed some We've removed re remove some keywords that aren't relevant. And um, we've got 159,000 total search volume among those 68. So a lot of search volume, only 68 keywords. It's pretty good. But here's the thing. Someone like OXO, who is selling um, only 2,000 units a month before they were selling more than that, uh, they're, they're number seven for garlic press and they're number 11 for garlic crusher. But you'll see here that they're number 43 for garlic mincer, which is the second most important keyword. And um, 
it means that they probably didn't write this into their listing. They didn't write garlic mincer anywhere in their listing. So their Amazon's not sure if it's relevant. And when we go to their page, sure enough, what you're going to find is a super short title. And you're going to find the fact that they, um, they wrote crush and mince. And they may have changed this since I did a video about them. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, they had it before where it says uh, crush, mince, and, um, and and whatever, garlic. Uh, press, mince, and crush garlic. Now, Amazon doesn't know that because mincer and mince are two different words. So the English language matters, and the algorithm is confused by that. They think it might be relevant, but they're not 100% sure. And so what the algorithm is doing is saying, in that 25 to 45 range, this might be relevant. The PPC is probably performing pretty well for it, but it's not relevant for me to rank in the top. And I can guarantee you that if OXO were to rewrite their title and include garlic mincer, they would immediately be top 10 for garlic mincer and, and see an impact in their sales. So writing, when we talk about optimization, we don't just talk about the content being awesome so that people get, get, give you clicks. You need to be ranking well and you need to establish relevancy with the algorithm in order for Amazon to know what you're selling. Not only will that impact their organic rank because their PPC was performing, the PPC cost per click will go way down once Amazon knows it's relevant because the algorithm is, is also running for the ad side. And so what we're, what we're able to see is that when the algorithm is, is looking at what ads you're running, like if you're running for a dog leash, they don't want your product to show up for uh, dog food, right? So that algorithm is, is scanning your listing for your ad placement the same way that they're scanning for organic rank potential for that ranking juice on the organic side. And what you need to do is as soon as you rewrite your listing properly with the right data, then uh, Amazon's algorithm on the ad side and the organic side is going to know what you're selling and reward you for it. So you're going to lower your cost per click. You're going to have a higher uh, uh, ad placement for less money, which is really great. Lowers mm -hmm. your ad cost, improves your improves your 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 conversion and your click through rate because you can go to top of search with less money. And then your your that extra performance is going to impact your your organic. But all of it. All of it comes from doing the proper keyword research and writing your listing and optimizing it to maximize rank potential for Amazon's algorithm by knowing what keywords are driving sales, how those root words are broken down, what are the different ways people are searching for a specific type of product. And it's not always what you just guess or think because of your culture, people call things different things around the country. So I got a, the age old question. Do you put these phrases, I'm talking multiple phrases, into your title? Uh, a lot of people will say absolutely not. Some say we'll mix it up, which you just said you shouldn't do. Um, some people say leave 15 words. As long as there's 15, 15 words between, uh, they'll be put together. But, I've changed... Yeah. I, They'll be I've, put together and you'll get the broad format for them. But the broad is worth maybe 30% of the ranking potential. 
of an exact match. All right. There's, so, there's an actual formula that the algorithm is using to calculate your rank potential versus your competition. And two things matter. Match type matters because yep. an exact match signals the strongest amount of relevancy okay. versus a broad match. The other thing is where you place it in your listing. They understand that if you're calling, if you're writing a term in your title, it's far more likely that that is more of what you're selling versus uh, something they find in the description where you could have just written what it's related to. So the algorithm knows that and was programmed to know that. So they give you more credit based on where it is and the match type. Okay. So it looks like we've, we've done a lot of change. We're always testing, you know, what's working, what's not working. And one of the things that we are doing is we're making fairly long titles again, and we're doing exactly, exactly what you're saying. We're taking those major keyword phrases and putting them into the titles. So it, it's, yeah, um, let me show you exactly what sure. the way we do it. Uh, so, so show here. Uh, let's see how this works. There we go. So we have we've built in the listing builder here that can that can give you a score for how you wrote your listing based on the keywords and the root word. And so we actually check that for you because we understand how important it is, and we don't want to see holes in your listing the same way that they see it. So this is the root words. This is where you can analyze all the different root words and how important they are. But if you go to the listing builder. And we don't see, oh, we do see it now. Yeah. If you go to the actual listing builder and you write the title in the title section, you get a little green check mark if you've covered it on the left side. And then you get a colored dot determining what match type you did. So this title here is covering the root words garlic press mincer and garlic mincer but it's missing garlic crusher and stainless steel it's missing tool and slicer so we would want to include as many root words as possible while also writing as many of these exact phrases in order of search volume and ranking juice so we would that's the game that we would play when we go to launch this listing is that we would try to maximize our score while also getting as many of the root words covered as possible to make sure we don't have any holes in the indexing. And so it's a lot easier when you see a visual representation of it. And if I write, this one wrote, um, if I just write garlic press, garlic mincer, um, stainless steel, and that's a uh, garlic press stainless steel. Let me do it that way. And then write garlic mincer tool. Uh, and you could do commas or dashes, whatever you feel. And then you got garlic crusher. And then the best keyword with garlic crusher is the Gracula one. But that's not what we're selling, right? We're selling uh, a regular one. The Gracula one is a TikTok, um, one that went famous on TikTok. And they run a lot of TikTok ads on it. So people actually come over here. And they search for Dracula, Garlic Press, Gracula, because they don't remember the name brand. The name brand is very difficult to, to pronounce and spell. But you'll see that they actually search down here for Dracula, Gracula, and it's, it, it, it's gone viral. So thousands of searches a month of people searching for that specific one. And it could have been even more popular during Halloween. So that's, that's when we pulled this data. 
people uh, like decorating for Halloween wanted to make sure their garlic press was a was a Dracula. <laughs> but if we go to garlic uh, mincer tool, and then we've got garlic presser, and uh, we've already done, and then uh, garlic crusher, and you know, just just see what that says. Just by putting these keywords in exact order and making sure we're hitting more root words. Now we've got a score of 307,000 on the ranking juice side. We see which root words we're covering, and we actually can see what uh, this one isn't covered in exact, but it's covered in broad. So we did hit this one in broad. We hit this one. And I think, and then this is title, T is for title, bullets, description. You can make sure that you're hitting as many keywords in exact form as possible throughout the, uh, the whole listing, and then also uh, put them in a hierarchy. That's going to be the most effective way to speak to the algorithm is to do the keyword research up front, figure out what's going to give you the biggest bang for your buck, what should you prioritize, and then feed it to the algorithm in the way that they want to see it to maximize your rank potential. Yeah, it, it looks so easy when you do it there. And in case um, we're not plugging anything here, but in case you don't know, and, and if, if you're on YouTube or if you're watching this as a video, um, we are using a tool that Brandon owns uh, called Data Dive. It's very well known in the industry. Um, it works. Is it, it works with um, Helium Ten, and so you have a Helium Ten subscription, and then you uh, have a um, a link, or then you can use Data Dive. Did we set up does, a coupon code for you, Norm? I think you did, uh, Kels. Do we have that set up? Is the code Norm? I. I don't think so. Um, I'll make it happen right now. So you guys hold off on signing up if you're going to and use the code norm. Or what do you prefer? Yeah, yeah. Uh, norm, norm, uh, I don't know. Just norm, yeah, whatever. I can't norm. think on the spot. Yeah. I, I don't know guys. I think. Norm is good. <laughs> make it easy to remember, guys. <laughs> yeah. Don't make me think. I'm all old. right. Okay, so yeah, hold off, and we'll uh, we'll get you a, a deal of some sort. And, anyways, the reason why I want to mention this is it goes beyond Helium Ten's good. It's very good. Data Dive is on steroids, and it's a huge, huge difference. And if you saw just in that title, building out that title, and giving you the information to that you need to know to succeed, to optimize and succeed, this is the easiest way to do it. So, so that, code, that code, just so you know, I just set it up. I appreciate that. We don't need to talk about data dive and sell it. Let's 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 get I, I know, but I people are probably wondering what we're looking at, what these <laughs> no, sheets no, are. I appreciate that, Norm. So uh it'll give them half off month one and then fifty dollars off for life if they use code norm. Oh, fantastic. All right. So there you go. Okay, now we are getting to the bottom of the hour. And if you are doing uh, uh, any new form of product optimization, I'd love to hear it. Um, if you agree or disagree with what we're talking about, I'd love to hear it. Anyways, questions as well. If you have questions for Brandon or myself, just throw them into the uh, comments section. We already have a ton. So uh, we'll be getting to those shortly. And... Talking about Data Dive, we do have an incredible uh, giveaway today. So, Brandon, why don't we talk about that for a sec? 
Yeah, I, uh, I, I wanted to go through, and I'm going to show briefly today because it's relevant to our conversation, a new scoring system that I've put together to evaluate product potential based on data. You know that I don't like to make decisions without data to support it. Right. Uh, and so I've always taught a way to look at keywords, to look at competitors. You might be doing a better job than them. Some products have a lot of keywords. Some products have a lot of root diversity. Some, some products have good margins. Some have less margins, right? So when some things are good, when everything's good, it's easy. Do that product. But when some things are good and some things are bad, people would get confused. They would, they would want to know, like, how good is the good and how bad is the bad? So what I finally decided to do is put together a true scoring system to, to, to evaluate a product. So you go through a product validation um, you know, process, and within a half hour to 45 minutes, you will give that product, that potential product, a score and you will know whether it's worth moving on to order samples. And so there's a few phases. Phase one might be validating uh, the margin from like right away. Phase two will be uh, validating the budget because you can look really quickly at how many units the best sellers are moving and how much it costs you to land it. And if that's outside of your budget range with a quick formula we give you, then you shouldn't do that product. You don't wanna get in over your head and run into a situation where you're constantly stocking out that's a quick way to lose money on Amazon. So you've got a couple quick check boxes to check, and then you move forward with this more detailed scoring system. And by the end of it, you'll know, should I move forward with samples or should I uh, park it to the side and see what else is out there first? And our recommendation is for every hundred products that you, that you evaluate, you might order samples on only two of them because you wanna be as picky as possible and you got to do all that up upfront work and put in the extra work, but believe me, the cream rises to the top, and you're going to find better and better products the more you look at them. And if you want to launch ten new products this year, and uh, then you need to look at a thousand, uh, five hundred products, right? Uh, or actually a thousand products, because for every two samples, you might only place one order too, because you got to go through and find a good factory. You got to you got to customize it. You gotta you gotta make sure the quality is good. There's steps there, so only half of those become products. So for ten product launches in a year, you have to evaluate maybe a thousand products. Well, how do we make that more precise, more clear, uh, and and more quantifiable? And so that's what we kind of put together. So I've got uh, a masterclass that walks you through this entire process. We're gonna give away five of those masterclasses to your audience. They're normally it's normally ninety seven dollars. Um, you're going to figure out how to distribute those and let me know. And I add, yep. add their emails. And then um, for everybody else listening, all they have to do is use the code norm and uh, they get 50 bucks off. So it's only a $50 masterclass to learn this detailed evaluation process, this data intense product evaluation process. That's fantastic. So we're not going to give all five away at once. We're building our community. So we're going to give away one today to somebody, some lucky person, and the other four, Kelsey's going to figure out a way how we can get some engagement in our community. So uh, anyways, and on top of that, that $50 off is incredible anyway. So thank you, Brandon. And so when we get back, uh, we just have a word from our sponsor, and then we will start talking more optimization. 
I want to give a quick shout out to an incredible group of sponsors who help keep our podcast running. The Lunch with Norm podcast wouldn't be possible without the support of the following sponsors. Post Purchase Pro, Clear Ads, Goldstein Patent Law, Honu Worldwide, Netfluence.co, Video Telepathy, Startup Club, and Dragonfish Brand Management. I just want to let our sponsors know, you're awesome. Now let's get back to the show. Okay. So now that we've talked about the title, are you, I'm just kind of curious, you, you know, you, you first put the emphasis on the primary. Do you ever start to play around with the secondary or the slide deck, the way that they are moved, the way that they're positioned? Do you do that as well? Yeah, for sure. It's super important. I think that what we found is that the psychology of a buyer uh, matters a lot, right? And so you're really, really good at this. Um, and the top bullet, the things that they're most likely to read next, that second image, the top bullet, the top of the A+, should all be geared towards the benefit to the buyer. So it involves two steps. First, you need to understand who your buyer is. Like, what is the avatar of that buyer? Who is the typical person that's looking for this product? And then secondly, why do they need it or why do they want it? What is the benefit they're looking for? And then that second image shouldn't be what's in the box. It shouldn't be a lifestyle image. It should be geared towards this is going to solve that need that you came looking to solve. And if you can do that by in that first bullet, uh, that second image and the top of the A plus, your conversion rate typically goes much higher. That's one of the ways that we immediately uh, will optimize when we see that missing. Uh, besides that, moving around uh, images in, in order and then testing those different infographics, you can see huge impact there because you might want to say, OK, the benefits of the buyer are these four things. That's too many, too many thoughts going on in one image can also be overwhelming or bad. So you might need two benefit images back to back, right? You might need to split that up so that it's very easy to digest and easy for someone to, uh, to, to, to subconsciously check the box that they were trying to check when they started the search, when they decided they wanted or needed that product. Um, that's the psychology around optimization of images and the rest of the listing uh, besides the data, the algorithm and that stuff. So it's a mix between art and science uh, and, and something that we're always trying to perfect, but it's, it's always difficult. It's, it's something that's ongoing and always, always we're trying to improve. Okay. I've got a two part question on bullets. So first of all, how do you start your bullet? And then second of all, uh, which bullets do you put up front? Like what type of bullets do you put up front when you're putting down the five? Oh, that's interesting. So you're like, how do, how do I address the font or something in the front? Because people do all the decorations. Yeah. They'll do the decorations. Like I, I just had a the emojis. A, yeah. I just had a very well-known, uh, guy on and he's talking, he emojied it up all caps. Um, you know, just using, uh, like uh, punctuation that you shouldn't be using. Uh, so I'm just kind of curious what you do. All right. So that's effective, but it's dangerous, right? Like you're definitely violating terms of service. Right. Amazon can come in and just like shut your listing down until you fix it. Right. 
So a lot of people say, well, that's going to help me rank and gather all this great data uh, because it, the way the algorithm works is that it's a history of, of, of it's, it's a series of histories that have different weights mashed together. And then that average is how you, how you score versus your competition, all things being equal. So if it's a combination of click-through rate, conversion rate, and revenue over time, you're going to have a one-day average, a seven-day average, a three-day average, a 30-day average, all mashed together. The newer days, the shorter periods, the more recent are, are weighted more, but the long-term still are valuable. So what I would like, I'm bringing science into this so you can understand like the psychology of why some of these people cheat <laughs> so, uh, and, and why it's effective. Their thinking is I can, I can take this shortcut, I can cheat. And I can get a better click-through rate and conversion or conversion rate at that point because someone already clicked in. I can increase my conversion rate for the next 30, 60, six months until Amazon catches me. They'll slap me on the wrist and then I'll change my I'll change it at that time to what they want. And then and then uh, uh, you know my my conversion rate might go back down a little bit. But I'll have all of those histories to where I'm already ranked higher than my competition and I've I've spiked that algorithm. Now, this is where your moral compass comes in and where your risk tolerance is, because it might be more than a slap on the wrist. It might be shorter than six months and uh, and it might kill your business. So where where do you lie in, in that that thing? I, I try to play as much within the rules as possible. Like I'll, I'll step into the gray sometimes, but yeah. never in the black because I'm I'm, I'm more, you know, I have an eight figure brand. If twenty five million dollars in revenue this year and $50, a million, 50 million in revenue next year is our projection. If that were to disappear, that would be very, very hurtful. So um, I, I don't I don't step into the black ever. Uh, where do you play? I started back doing upper, uh, upper caps at the beginning and that's it. I don't play with emojis. I don't, you know, yeah. you know I, I think, and we just started going back to that. Um, I'm like you. I want to be with a, Chris McCabe says it the best. There is no gray. It's white or black. And, you know, people say, oh, it's beige hat. And I say that quite a bit too, but it's white or black. And uh, so I try to stick within the uh, if you terms squint, of it's gray. If you squint. If you squint. <laughs> no, I'm with yeah. you. So I had my team at one point using emojis and then they started slapping people on the wrist and I'm like, I don't want to be next. Right. Yeah. So I had them stop using them. I might have some legacy products where we never changed away, even though I asked them to, right. I have to go through, but we have over 300 SKUs and I, I, I don't visit every, every product as often as I might uh, maybe should, but the, uh, Luckily, my wife is is the operator of our of our brand's account now, and we have twenty five employees. So, like, I I'm, I spend very little of my time on that end. Yeah. Um, but I'm with you. I told them stop using emojis, caps at the most, and even then, I'm a little a little uncomfortable, right? Yep. Caps. You know what? And this is this sounds crazy, but there was it started last year, probably around this time. People's accounts. I couldn't believe this. People's accounts were not suppressed. They were suspended. I had four or five people reach out and say that their Amazon account was suspended due to caps. Yeah, I heard the same thing. And it, it scares you, you know, like you've got um, you've got you've, you've got a, a huge risk there where 
especially going into Q4 when we've just shipped a few million dollars in inventory cost, right? <laughs> I, I I don't want that to just sit there and then me not be able to sell it next year. So I'm 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 with you. I'm gonna do everything I can to not piss off Amazon. Right now we could literally talk for hours, but mistakes. What are one or two mistakes that sellers are doing right now, other than the one we just talked about, uh, that they should stop or correct? You know, I think I think there's so many mistakes in so many different aspects of the business. If we were to break this down into different processes, it'd be easier for me to like to understand product selection. There's a whole host of mistakes, like not properly understanding your landed cost, not not customizing and understanding what your fulfillment fee will be properly. Um, and then, you know, understanding the supply chain so that you can um you can accurately determine again that landed cost bouncing it off of a 3pl can be expensive uh storage fees can be expensive packaging you can optimize packaging for e-commerce um so there's a whole host of mistakes at every process that i see made do you want to do you want to pick one or two yeah i know one that hit hard with me uh in canada was shipping costs. I have a very low price product, soap, and I had no idea my shipping costs would be $7.95 to $23 uh, for one bar of soap. Yeah. Shipping across border is almost impossible these days. You have to just send a case to FBA in the other the other country. But um are you talking about fulfillment fees or shipping across? No, no. This is just this is a little bit down a different rabbit hole. F FBM. So I sell a product. FBM, that's yeah, yeah. Ten dollars so for sure. Yeah, yeah. That's what I thought you were talking about. Yeah. So yeah. we found that turning on uh, listings in the other, like in in North America, we use NARF or whatever it is. Yeah. And um, Amazon does it for us. That's acceptable. But we tried to ship some things across the border and we like we had to cancel those orders or just take a huge hit and turn it off immediately because anything from the US to Canada is they're going to charge you infinite. And I guess it works the other way back, too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so th that that kind of sucks. So, I, I mean, know your your freight costs. And I, I guess the other thing that we should be looking at, too, is your know, long time long term storage that can come and bite you as well yeah i think a lot of people underestimate storage costs uh and understand so this comes back to properly planning velocities and and looking at the data of your competitors the keywords that are driving sales the the search volume of those keywords what percentage of keywords uh, of the search volume do you think you can rank well on in the first week and 30 days and then that way you can get a really accurate idea of how many units you can move in those first 60 to 90 days. Um, it's math. And if you are good at executing uh, optimization and launch, it's pretty consistent. So if our competitors have an average of 60 to 70% of the search volume that they're ranked on the first page for, and we're using those as a reference because we think we can achieve that in the first 30 days, and they're selling anywhere from 600 to 1,000 units. On average, we think we can sell, you know, 300 units or, 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 you know, 30 units a day in that eight to 900 range. We know for a three-month supply, we need 2,500, 2,700 units 
that will be our first order. We're not going to get crushed uh, by by ordering 5,000, and we're not going to run out of inventory by only ordering 1,000. And so there's some math there, and there's some understanding of how to look at the data, look at the competitors to determine how much you can realistically sell. And again, app, you have to compare apples to apples. What is the price range of those competitors? Uh, what uh, are they are they the same type of variation as yours? What color are they? Um, or do what colors sell better than other colors? If you're trying to launch a pink into a one that's dominated by grays or blacks, understand you're going to move slower. So there's just knowledge gaps and, and learning curves to all of the product development and estimate estimates. But once you've done it a couple times and once you walk through, um, you can you can accurately determine. Like for your soaps, for example. FBA is going to convert better. You're going to have a higher click-through rate. You're going to have a higher conversion rate. You're going to rank better. Your velocities are going to start to go up. It's better off. You're going to just ship a couple, uh, like maybe a pallet of soaps to to across the border by truck to uh, to Chicago, and then and then send it to FBA or something, right? Right. Right. Exactly. Okay. We have got a ton of questions. So Kelsey, maybe we should get onto those. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let me see. I don't even know where to start with. Um, okay. Let's do this basics question. How do you see uh, your keyword performance? Is it within ads manager or do I pull it from another report? So how do we see the keywords performance? Is, uh, is it within? No, this is where we track keywords. We still use Helium 10 for keyword tracker. Um, there are other keyword tracker tools that are out there that so that you might be using, but if you're using Helium 10 as a foundational, um, it's best to just use theirs, but make sure that at right before launch, you're uploading those into the tracker and you're, uh, turning those, they have a rocket. So it updates hourly for you, turn those on. And then that way you can really, um, get an accurate idea of how, how your rank, how your efforts, your PPC launch efforts are working on ranking, but also what holes you have in that effort. So you'll see that certain, you'll start to see patterns. When you see a group of words that are not moving uh, in rank, then maybe those words all share the same root word, right? Like, like that mincer example I gave you earlier, maybe all of them have mincer, maybe all of them have stainless steel. So that gives you visibility on where your indexing or your relevancy hole is then you can go back and rewrite your title, fix your listing a little bit, and turn on some more keywords that have that root in it to start pushing some more traffic in that direction. So it's important to be tracking for sure. Yeah, well, there is a report that I like using in Amazon. It's under brands, uh, and it's called the Search Performance um, Report, and uh, that's that's helpful as well. Yeah, that that one's great. We're really hoping that they get a little bit more granular there. And then we can start to pull that and display it in some real actionable ways. But it mm. does give you, from a macro level, your performance, which I think is phenomenal. Yeah. OK. And I want to mention, for those who might just be joining us, we do have some uh, little goodies for the listeners. Uh, if you use code NORM on Datadive, you'll be able to get a special treat from us, uh, get a nice little discount. And also, if you go to the um, Seller Systems Product uh, Validation Masterclass and use co code NORM, you'll get $50 off. So those are just two things you can do. Uh, also, we are having our giveaway, Lunch with Norm, um, on Lunch with Norm. So just uh, 
type in the hashtag wheel of Kelsey and you'll be entered for uh, a free masterclass from the product validation. So check that out and we'll jump back into some questions. I'm not sure with this one if we have enough information, but this is from Marsha. Uh, every time we try to optimize a listing, it gets pulled down. This problem goes on and on and on. Any tips to get off the bot hate list? Oh, I, I know your product. So that's classified as a PPE product. So for me, like, uh, I don't know if you know uh, Stay Well, but it's copper-based products that you put on your phone or you you, you touch uh, jewelry for around your neck. But it's a it's an anti um, antibiot, not an antibiotic. Oh, what am I trying to say? Antibacterial. There, there, there we go. So if anything kind of points that direction, the bot could pick up on it. Um, I just wanted to give you a little bit of information on that. Man. No, yeah. There, so there's forbidden keywords for sure. And then categories that are gated that you need to have specific permission and certificates and testing to sell in. So that's one of the reasons that they're gated. If he is in that category and can get that testing done, it will be extremely beneficial because anytime you do something hard, many people don't want to do it so you end up in a position where you're you have less competition and the rewards are much higher the lifelong value of that product is much higher so if it's a matter of just doing something that's hard or expensive do the ROI, do the math on it do the business math on it and determine how long it would take you to recoup that upfront cost if you're one of the two three or ten approved sellers of a certain type of product uh and being better at amazon than them with keyword research and whatnot that's going to be the best route. Otherwise, there's a whole host of keywords that are just going to trigger um, the bot to take you down based on the fact that those are forbidden keywords or keywords that are that are uh, geared towards those forbidden products. So uh, you just have to know that list uh, of keywords, avoid using them, and uh, and clean it up in a different way, like optimize it in a different way. Here's a tip. If you want to get indexed for a keyword that you can't use, whether it's a trademark term, a brand name, a proper noun, or like one of these forbidden keywords, you might be able to have someone ask a question on your listing, and then you can answer that question with a similar keyword, and that will index for you. So that'll get you at least the indexing side of it. I don't know how much credit you'll get from it, but it'll be enough to at least help you get ranked on the first page. There we go. Little trick for you, Marsha. Okay. Uh, next one is from Yanni. Uh, does PPC have a direct impact on improving organic ranking? 100% it does. Uh, sponsored products specifically. Sponsored brand ads do not impact organic ranking, uh, unfortunately, uh, which is interesting. But there's two, there's two parts to this. The sponsored brand, if it's even breaking even and you have the or uh, enough inventory to be able to afford it and it's profit like long-term profitability is there it can help you push your bsr down which improves your subcategory rank which can help you get badges whether it's bestseller or uh, or choice those will then help you get more click-through rate conversion rate which help organic right so it's it's a cog in the wheel, but it's not a direct impact on organic. Okay, awesome. 
Uh, let me see. From Dick, uh, when doing A-B testing in Seller Central for listing titles, uh, do the keywords in version B rank as well? I mean, do you get twice the amount of keyword characters? Uh, do in, do, so do the keywords in version B rank as well? I mean, yeah, get, so I, I think I know what he means. So if you're using an A-B test, you've got one that might have three different keyword phrases. And then the second, the B test is a different way, maybe two or three other keyword uh, uh, phrases. So uh, I was asking whether you get- If it bounces. I think the problem is, I don't know how Amazon does it because I think they might keep what you're testing indexed and maybe that's a hack. I don't know. But once you actually change your title, your indexing immediately changes. So you got to be careful with that. So here's the way that it works. It's all relative to your competition too. So if you have a keyword that only has 300 searches a month, it's probably not worth putting the exact form in your title to maximize your rank versus your competition. You can put it in broad form or somewhere else in your listing and probably get as much ranking juice as your competitors. And it's such a low search volume keyword that being you know, that, that no one else has really prioritized it. And it's not worth taking the place of a spot where you could have something with 4,000 search volume. So when going through and trying to optimize for your listing, if it's already selling and doing okay, do it one root word at a time. So you're going to, you're going to go through and you're going to say like that OXO listing that we talked about where they don't optimize for mincer. They shouldn't go and just rewrite their entire entire title, even though it's a short, terrible title. They should probably just add garlic mincer in there, whether it's garlic mincer tool or garlic mincer stainless steel, whatever that best keyword is, put it in there and then turn on uh, and see what happens. You're going to have within the next 12 hours, you're going to see the rank go up, stay the same or go down. If it goes down, you revert back. If it goes up, you see how high it went. You see if there's any additional traffic needed, and uh, and you go from there. If it just stays the same, now you know you need to you're indexing, but you need to push more traffic at it. So what you do is then go turn on a bunch of PPC targeting keywords that have garlic mincer in it or the word mincer in it. That might be six keywords that you know ranging from 350 or 200 search volume up to 5,000 or 20,000 but it might be 20 keywords. Whatever it is, that extra traffic is gonna give you credit in incremental amounts from each keyword. So every action is gonna give you a little bit of credit, whether it's an add to cart, whether it's a click, whether it's a conversion, that's how you beat your competition. It isn't gonna be just go and target garlic mincer, bid $20, top of search, and try to out like get more credit from that one keyword. That's not gonna be enough most of the time and it's gonna be very expensive. Make sure you write it into your listing, see what happens, see what credit you were previously getting towards that, and then and then go from there. Make a decision. Use a decision tree process. Okay, very good. Uh, next question, Kels. Okay, next question is from, let's do Onyks. Uh, can we use Datadive as on Guru? Uh, it does. It's not compatible currently with uh, with any other keyword research tool uh, besides, uh, helium 10, unfortunately. 
Okay. Uh, another one from Simon. In the good old days, a multiple of five X cogs would give a reasonable net profit. These days, it feels like more like seven or more. Do you agree? Will this keep increasing as Amazon uh, still uses uh, higher fees? Yeah, so this type of calculation, I think it probably has gone back down since shipping's back down in that two to 4,000 range per container versus that 20,000 range it got up to, uh, <laughs> where it was absurd. Uh, and, you know, 3PL costs, uh, obviously, with storage limits, you know, they're hitting us with those again. But this is all just coming down to finding a product that you can still find with that ROI and a reasonable uh, reasonable price range. Again, it's all relevant to where your competition is selling. You don't want to source a product you have to sell at $30 and everyone else is selling it at $20. you are just not going to be able to get the click-through rate and conversion rate unless you have a lot more obvious value that you can depict from a main image, right? But you have to then justify that, you know, understand the demand is there for that higher, higher value product. Um, so I haven't seen it necessarily go to seven. Your competition has had to raise prices. A lot of sellers use a strategy and us included in a lot of uh, niches where we keep our margins lower year round so that we can take advantage of large selling seasons. So we'll raise our prices in Q4 and increase our margins and rely on Q4 to make the majority of our profits, but really just protect that niche, maintain the high velocities all year round by being okay with you know sub 20% uh, margins. All right. Okay, uh, let me see from Yanni. Um, do you have any PPC tips for the upcoming Black Friday, Cyber Monday sales? Yeah, those 100% depend on how much inventory you have. First of all, like if they if you get a badge, right? Because the badge is the big thing these days with the with these big sale days. In order to get a badge, they usually have a rule where it has to be 5% or 10% below your last 30 days selling price, your lowest last 30 day selling price. The way that we do that is that we'll raise our price and then we'll discount it by 20% because it has to be at least 20% also. So 20% and 10% don't match, right? So you don't need to discount it 20% from your lowest. You only need to get it below whatever that threshold is. If it's five, get it to 5.1, right? So raise it, do the math, raise it a certain number of uh, you know dollars or pennies to get it to a certain price so that when you do implement that 20% off coupon, which is get you that badge for that sale day, that you are then hitting that threshold of that 5% off. That's the first thing. The badge matters more than anything because that gives you more visibility. What Amazon has done over the last year is created these special portals, these funnels where sellers are funneled into all these deals. And these search results only show deals. So there are no traditional searches really happening. It's like a normal sale day otherwise, because most of the buyers are looking for deals. So once they click into a deals funnel on Amazon, all they're seeing are all the products in that, you know, that, that have that badge. So get that badge. That's the first thing. The second thing would be that your PPC is going to perform significantly better. So you need to figure out what is your inventory level? What is the ROI you're okay with knowing that you're already lowered your your cost a little bit and then uh and then expand your ppc uh presence a little bit make sure you don't run out of budgets on things that have a low a cost and are crushing and then really push these extra high converting days are going to be great for some uh extra organic sales 
when you have a lingering effect against your competition. So use we use this same strategy to run lightning deals and deal uh, deal a days and seven day deals. Um, and, and, and it's really important that you understand the lag that happens and why it happens. It's because, again, the way the algorithm works is that it's a, it's an average of your click through rate conversion rate versus your competition. When you've had a deal and they haven't, your, your, your click through rate and conversion rate have done better. And it's going to spike that average so that you, your, your organic goes up for a few days until it comes back down to earth. And so you'll have a lower BSR, more sales for a few days maybe even a few weeks, and then you need another sale day. So take advantage of these sale days to have a, a long-term impact on your brand. Be okay with a slightly smaller margin. Expand the PPC with broad campaigns to those keyword routes you know convert well, uh, and, and make sure you don't run out of budget on all those exact campaigns that are really crushing for you normally, because those are going to just do even better. Okay. I love sitting here and just... Letting Brandon talk. <laughs> All right. So it is 106. Uh, how are we for time? I, Why don't we take a couple we'll, more questions? A couple more. Okay. Let me see. Uh, okay. This one should be easy. From Tony. Uh, Brandon, is it true your wife is a PPC expert too? <laughs> she's Not only is she an expert, she's much better than I am. <laughs> so <Yeah>. it's, <laughs> uh, it's, it's really interesting, the dynamic uh, that we have because she had to really dig in and train our team and understand how to create a training process so that we could scale. Um, it wasn't enough to have a flat org chart anymore where everyone was kind of a product manager and everyone was kind of an all-in-one expert. It's hard to find that unicorn that understands the entire private label process and all of the learning curves involved. But you need to find these specialists and you need to make sure that they understand the job of the people next to them, right? So a PPC guy needs to know optimization and keywords. They need to understand what's happening with competitors and so on. But she had to really dig in and start the training process for these associates, figure out who has the talent, spend time with them every day, see their thought process, give them, let them give her feedback on what they're doing and why they're doing it, give reports, and then promote the people that, that give them a clear path of promotion to a junior associate where they can then have an associate underneath them and then eventually uh, become a senior, give them a clear path to become a senior. That's how you can start to grow your org chart vertically and really go from 10 million to 50 million. You can't do it really otherwise. And, uh, and so she was in charge of that entire process, setting up those SOPs, those training modules, digging into the data every day, making sure that they understand the data. So she's much better than I am at this point. <laughs> Okay, so let me see. Um, okay, I think this is an important question from Simon. So if I have an, an okay listing and I optimize it in this way, how long will it be until I actually see a movement in performance? Would it be something in days, weeks, or months? So if you have an okay listing and optimize it in this way, how long will it be? So usually it's within 10 to 12 hours, you're going to see uh, whether the algorithm is rewarding you or whether it was a, an indexing issue. So what, what I'm talking about on the optimization side is when you've been blocking your ability to rank, your rank potential, your ranking juice by not writing your listing properly. You'll see right away 
if you've been having some good performance, if you have a, a listing that actually performs well, when you do send traffic to it, people do like it and it's performing well with certain keywords, that means that the next step is just fixing the indexing and getting more traffic to it. Everything always comes down to traffic and conversions. So fix the conversion issue first, if that's not fixed. But if you have something you know converts, go and, and then send more traffic to it. The way you send more traffic is either organic or paid, right? So organic would be fixing the algorithm to rank it high, get it ranking higher. Do that by optimizing the listing and unlocking the ability to rank higher, right? And then the next step is send paid traffic in those signals, those strong signals to those specific, uh, 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 those specific keywords with those specific root words. So our approach is very data driven, but also very precise. It's like dealing with this with a scalpel versus a machete. Okay, let's have one more question and that's it, Kels. Okay, so this one, well, we haven't talked about it yet, so I think it might be fun to dive into it. Thoughts about Amazon Live, is it worth doing at all? Look, I think that that's the future, uh, honestly. I think, um, I really think that Americans are way behind being comfortable or conditioned to shop live. Despite us growing up with parents who used QVC, that generation is the elderly at this point. Kids these days are going to be far more, uh, far more comfortable shopping from influencers. And as they get more buying power, and then they start sharing that with their parents and their older siblings, it'll grow. In China, it's massive. And I'm not exaggerating when I tell you that a person can go live for a single day, a one session, and do over a hundred US dollars, hundred million US dollars, sorry, not a hundred US dollars, hundred million US dollars in, in sales in one day by going live in China. And so it's not long, maybe a year, maybe 18 months before we start seeing absurd numbers coming out of some of these influencers when they run a deal with a brand and say, I've got this product that I'm going to put on sale for 12 hours or these, these eight or 10 or 15 products that I'm going to put on sale for a day. And I'm going to sit there and just tell you about it all day. And then you see $10 million in one day. I, my prediction is you'll see a $10 million day in the next 12 months and it's going to make the news and then it's going to open the floodgates. So get ready for it. Very good. Very, I, yeah, I was kind of wondering why you're getting excited over a hundred bucks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I think that's it. Last chance to get in on a giveaway today, which I think after you listen to Brandon, if you've never met him before, you'll definitely want to get into the giveaway today with his course and find these great products. So that's the giveaway. We've got four other of the uh, four other giveaways that we'll put into our group. Kelsey's going to figure out how you can compete for those. And so hashtag Wheel of Kelsey uh, and tag two people. You get a second entry. I think that's it. Let's go over to our last uh, sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Clear Ads. Looking to maximize your Amazon ads ROI? Well, whether you need full service 
or just one or two services, ClearAd's Amazon advertising experts drive outstanding results across the Amazon marketplace. With over nine years of experience, their Amazon PPC managers have helped thousands of companies to drive down their cost of sales and scale up their revenue, profits, and orders. And with their unrivaled Amazon DSP expertise, ClearAd's DSP services are tailored to your brand. You really can't go wrong. Get in touch today with ClearAd's dedicated team by visiting the link in the description or visiting clearads.co.uk. And remember, more sales, better ROI, incredible growth. Check out ClearAds today. All right, before we hit the wheel, Brandon, people wanting to get more information about your group, uh, the um, <clears throat> the uh, courses that you're doing, anything about uh, what you're doing, where can they get a hold of uh, you are worth should they go? Uh, the easiest way is uh, probably our website, seller-systems.com. Um, I'm doing a live PPC masterclass in New York Sunday morning uh, before Innovate, uh, which is a pretty big conference with very large sellers happening on Monday. Uh, and then I'm speaking at that. But we have uh, online, we have different masterclasses you can watch. I can give you discounts like, like I just did for that one. But we also have our full college course in our on our our mastermind group. We have 1,100 members, over 400 seven and eight figure sellers in the mastermind, and we do five to ten live classes a month in in the inner circle. So um, there's there's always an opportunity. The more you want to participate, give and receive, then uh, that's open to you. And I'm always I'm always available. You can also message me on LinkedIn or Messenger, and I'll I'll probably see it and respond right away. All right, very good. All right, Mr. Kels, let's do it. Okay, here we go. The Wheel of Kelsey. Enjoy, everyone. It's time for the Wheel of Kelsey. Okay, thank you, everyone, who entered today's Wheel of Kelsey. I just want to see if there's any late people. Nope, we're good. So we're going to go ahead and shuffle this up and spin. If you are the winner for today's giveaway, please email me, k at lunchwithnorm.com, and we'll connect you with the, the prize. And it looks like it's – all right, Dick. All right. There we go. So I think I believe, the first time you won. I believe so. So, Dick, I know you're from YouTube, so – uh, please make sure you, you reach out to me, k at lunchwithnorm.com. There's no way I can reach out to you. So please contact me and I'll put you in contact with Brandon. Um, also, just want to let everyone know, uh, I know Simon was having some issues with the uh, coupon code for Data Dive. Um, just wait an hour. Uh, it might just take some time to refresh. Um, so just revisit it. The code for the seller systems, the product selection masterclass, that code is working fine. So you can sign up for that if you uh, didn't win today. And yeah, I promise that code will be live in the next two to three hours at the most. I have my team working on the back end and they're going to push it. I still can't believe it took so long for me to come up with the code norm. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm getting so old. <laughs> Tony, good to see you, man. I'm glad you made it too. I saw a lot of people commenting that I know, man. I love all you guys. And Norm, I love you, man. Thank you so much. 
And right back at you. Hey, stick around for just a second. You're going to be in the back room and I'll be uh, there in two secs. Sounds good. All right, everybody. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Always love having Brandon on. He's always full of knowledge. Um, if you get a chance, check out the giveaway that we'll be having in the community. Um, the product uh, evaluation is going to be a really, or validation is going to be a really great course. As you can tell, this is just going to help you optimize and have a little bit more success in 2023. So uh, that's it. Let's go over to Kels. What do you got? All right. Yes. Thank you everyone for joining today. We had a great turnout, lots of questions, which is always great to see. Um, just want a reminder, Dick, reach out kaitlinchwithnorm.com uh, to get your prize. And uh, yeah, if you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you smash those like buttons, give us a thumbs up. Also, like we mentioned, we're giving away four more of these uh, product master selection uh, master classes. So that will be in our Facebook group. The links are in the description. Um, it'll probably take a day or two to kind of put everything together and announce that giveaway, but that will be happening in the group. So stick around. Uh, you can also ask your questions, advice. Um, is it just a great place to kind of hang out and meet other sellers um, that might be going through the same things as you. And uh, of course, if you have any questions about the podcast, topic suggestions, guests that you want on the podcast, just email me k at lunchwithnorm.com. And uh, yeah, I think that's well, it. And one last thing, we if you're interested in Trash My Product, Oh yes. You send us over your information at Kelsey. will get back to you with everything that you need to do. I think the last session was really, uh, it was great. Um, and if you do have uh, any improvements or anything that you think we should add, take away from the last session, just let us know. We can't wait to do the next one and trash your product. So anyways, Thank you, everybody. Join us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at noon Eastern Standard Time. I say this all the time, but we have such a great community. We could never do this podcast without you. Uh, it's awesome. Thank you so much, and enjoy the rest of your week. Or in- lunch with the, lunch with the, lunch with the.